You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back with episode 70 as... The second round is upon us in the NHL playoffs, and we are, you know, gearing up for that one, uh, the first overall pick, excuse me, and, you know, we're just super excited to see how the playoffs are coming along so far. I mean, some great storylines, some great matchups, and, you know, it's all exciting knowing that the Rangers have the first overall pick. They have such a bright future, and, you know, today we're going to break down uh, the teams that are left in the playoffs and kind of pick apart and see, you know, where the Rangers can improve upon, what qualities they should embrace from these teams, and to learn from the success, especially from, you know, the younger teams like Vancouver, you know, r- where the Rangers can improve upon and, you know, try to try to gear towards as they, you know, enter the prime years of their team. Uh, I think they're a couple years away from being a, a true contender. But this is where you start picking up the qualities of a of a Stanley Cup champion, and uh, we're kind of gonna go team by team and 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 break it all down for you. Uh, Andy, how's it going? How was your weekend? Uh, it's going good. My younger brother got married the other day. Uh, congratulations to him and his uh, new wife Nicole. Um, you know, they were originally supposed to have a big wedding uh, uh, in. Uh, on the other side of the country, but obviously because of the times we're in, uh, that couldn't happen. Well, they're still going to do it. They decided to postpone, but still just have, keep the date and have a, a smaller, uh, you know, more intimate ceremony, uh, and just keep, yeah, just to, to keep the date and still for people who probably wouldn't be able to make for, uh, make it out for that or wedding. So yeah, again, congratulations to them. Other than that, just, uh, keep on keeping on, you know, uh, been taking my dog to the dog park a lot. Uh, watching some hockey, uh, watching Alexi Lafreniere highlights every few days on YouTube, just sitting in my bed wondering when the league might be able to start up uh, again went after the completion of the playoffs. You know, we have the draft to look forward to. I believe it's, what, October 9th and 10th or 8th and 9th or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just the status quo. Uh, but, yeah, it's been, I guess to your point, it's been real interesting watching 
some of these matchups because they're not, some of them aren't playing out the way I thought at all, but then some of them are just, you can really see, you can really see which teams are on a mission and which ones are maybe, you know, uh, some teams I was higher on coming into this round. I'm now maybe seeing a little, you know, little uh, weaknesses in the armor. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, and I'm sure we'll get into it. Yeah, and you know this this kind of idea popped into my head because you do see, you know, as you're watching, you know, the games and the playoffs and stuff like that, you do tend to notice more the players that used to be a part of the Rangers organization, and and you see how the other teams are built for the playoffs, and you you kind of get thinking like you know, why don't we have a guy that does this? Or, you know, we really need a guy, you know, that third line center that can really be disruptive and, and, and you know, kind of take control of, of you know, uh, the neutral zone and stuff like that. Like, there's different things that you see, you know, day to day, you know, well, night to night, watching these games and you just admire these teams and how they're built. And, you, you know, obviously there's a sense of jealousy, but that kind of been, that's been taken away a little bit because we have the first overall pick. Um, so let's get like kind of right into it. Uh, the first team I do want to cover is the Vancouver Canucks, because this one I think is like one of the more relative teams to the Rangers. Uh, they're younger. Uh, they're led by JT Miller, who had a, you know, a very long career with the Rangers, uh, kind of underwhelming with the Rangers. And now he's their leading scorer. Uh, in 69 games played, he had 27 goals, 45 assists, 72 points. I didn't see him being a 30-goal scorer with the Rangers. And here he is leading the Canucks. And and obviously, they're overachieving, uh, being 1-1 with the, the Vegas Golden Knights. I actually personally took Vancouver as a as a not as because I think they're going to win the series in terms of being better. But, I mean... They were given so much money that it was like free money. It was worth a shot just to take them as a huge underdog. So what do you think of, you know, Vancouver and, you know, compared to the Rangers? And and because I do think that these two teams are the closest to each other uh, compared relative to the other teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I would say that I guess maybe the one difference at this point in time is that the where the Rangers are. They're both young teams, but the Rangers are still decidedly a little bit younger. And those stabilizing presences that you spoke about, uh, at the moment, Vancouver does seem to have them. Like, you know, it's good when you, uh, as far as Miller goes, you know, it's so interesting to see, you know, he was a younger guy. You know, they're all, you know, all these uh, former Rangers, we see them as younger guys, but then you realize that guys like Miller and Hayes are technically have now like a, they're almost in a more of a veteran leadership role, just funny the, the passage of time. And yeah, I mean, with Vancouver specifically, they have the young talent. I think people, people are really com- coming to see how special uh, Elias Pettersson is. You know, he's amazing. He's, uh, uh, I think within pro- you know, within the next few years, he should be at least uh, in talks of maybe one of the top 10 players in the league. You know, maybe he's not that upper, upper, upper echelon, but just to be this good, this young. And, uh, man, he reminds me of Pavel Datsyuk so much, who is probably might be my favorite NHL player of all time. So to have a player like that who's that smart and cerebral and, and sneaky and skilled, and, and, yeah, it's just good to see. But, yeah, I think the biggest uh, difference is that, like the Rangers, they are young, but they do have the – they have some more stabilizing presence. Is in, you know, Bo Horvat, although he's not – uh, I wouldn't say he's a true 
first line center. He's a very good defensive, hardworking uh, second line center. And even Miller, you know, you know, the, maybe the numbers this season he's putting up are he's in that first line territory. But you know, at the, I think at the end of the day, he's still more of a good, solid second line player. You know, and he's spoken about how getting traded from Tampa, his second team, because you know he was a bit of a malcontent at times in uh, New York. Uh, he had his battles with the coaching staff and his demeanor would kind of be sour and surly. And then he gets traded to Tampa and, you know, they're at such a, you know, they were perennial powerhouse at the time. They still are, but you know, and it goes okay for him there. He maybe ups his game a little bit, but then he still gets, goes from playing with Kucherov and Stamkos gets relegated to the third line. And then eventually they end up trading him. I, he, I think he said that was his wake up call. Like, you know, if you're not going to, you know, you can't just be along for the ride. You have to be one of the people pulling the rope. And now you see he's such, he's in a leadership position there. Uh, he's, his demeanor seems much more cheery. He's the one who's like, you know, creating the fun atmosphere for those young guys. And yeah, I think the Rangers, that's kind of what they lack. I think um, coming from their, they were kind of filled, they had no superstar talents outside of Lundqvist, but they were filled with players like those good second line tweener guys who could do that. But they, so that, They've kind of addressed that, but you know now they're almost like they're kind of like the reverse of what they were. They have they have this star talent and wait now, and they have the star talent and waiting. They just don't have the guys to populate those important middle roles. Uh, and Vancouver is starting to get that. So you know they have some some players that are maybe uh, I don't know maybe some bad contracts here or there, but yeah, they have their their young stars in the making and guys like Pedersen and uh, Besser and uh, uh, Quinn Hughes. And but then you know you can have a Tyler Toffoli. Uh, who's a good goal scorer in his own right, you know, just, you know, they're, they basically have guys in their middle six who can, who can put the puck in the net, which the Rangers definitely are lacking right now. So, uh, but yeah, I think you're to your point, they're kind of a vision of what the Rangers could be maybe sooner where they're not exactly like one of the teams where you go, Oh man, they're dangerous, but they can, they can have on any night, they can be a good team that can compete with anyone. Yeah, and you know I do think that the you know the Vancouver Canucks have kind of built this team where they have, I mean they have a lot of young kids you know especially like Quinn Hughes where this was his real first breakout year so you know I'm really impressed with the overachievement of like a Hughes you know being able to be you know uh, you know as a defenseman 12 games played in the playoffs and 11 points and he's only a minus one you know it's just one of those things where you know. They must have uh, a calming presence, knowing that you do have, you know, a you know a veteran. If you have the veteran experience, like you said, to, you know, to Foley, and then you you have the young guns who are really stepping up here, and then you you really do have you know Pedersen blossoming into like an NHL superstar. And it's funny that you said you know he, he could be a top ten player in the league. They're already talking about him pretty soon being a top five player in the league. I just saw it. Uh, I forget which analyst on NHL.com was talking about him on TV and, you know, basically saying, you know, this kid's good enough to take over a series. And and I think that's kind of what you're seeing out of the Vancouver Canucks. They're not deep enough with firepower to, you know, really make a deep run, but they have enough st- steady presence in there to really, you know, uh, you know, I should say, uh, like, stay in it, you know? So I that's why I think, like, the Vegas Golden Knights could be in trouble here because you never know, you know? If you get a couple games stolen, like that game two, Vancouver showed up. Their offense showed up. And guess what? You, 
sometimes you can't compete with that, especially if you have enough experience and enough guys and role players out there that can shut shut you down. And you get a big enough lead and you, you can't come back. And I think that's what you saw, you know, in, in game two. And, you know, I, I feel like the Rangers really need to just kind of, you know, grind out the next couple seasons, see if they can bring in some, you know, veteran presence, uh, guys with a playoff experience. And I think you could see that that steady, you know, uh, quiet you know, not, you know, a roller coaster ride in the playoffs where, where the Rangers like, man, they played great in the first period and, and then they sucked in the second. And then they played great a first half of the third period and then they sucked in the second half. Like these teams know how to, you know, ride that wave and just be calm and steady and, you know, know that it's a grind and it's not a sprint and you have to play 60 minute games. Uh, in some cases, it's 120 minutes. So, you know, it's it's just it's really cool to see you know a young team like that succeed at that level uh and, and be successful because it does kind of give some relief as a ranger fan knowing that you know maybe this is could happen a little bit quicker than expected yeah and i think the biggest thing is also just figuring out roles for because the rangers have so many unknown quantities in their young guys because you really don't know where where their ceiling is and where, where that means they should be playing you know they're trying to get them to grow into the roles they see for them but you know, you look at a guy like Jake Vertan and and I guess Tyler Mott to a lesser extent who currently, you know, rotate between third and fourth line duties on the Canucks where they were drafted thinking they could become, you know, uh, top six offensive players. Doesn't really work out that way. But now instead of trying to shoehorn them and they get upset every time or, or punish them for not just performing up to snuff, like they're like, all right, like we know what we have now. Like these guys are never going to be what we originally thought, but we're going to put them in. Uh, positions and lo and behold you know Tyler Mott scored a, maybe one of the, the highlight real goals of the playoffs shorthanded the other night I think he had another one and, and Vertanen's been good too he's had he scored a, a couple of goals so you put guys in the best position to succeed where they should be instead of forcing them to play over their head uh, and I'm sure with the Rangers you know at a certain point they might say well you know we were hoping Brett Howden would be this or um, Brendan Lemieux could you know maybe ride shotgun on a, in a middle six or in a second line wing but it, it if at the end of the day they say, all right, we know they can be a jumpy fourth line, you know, Brett will kill penalty, so they'll get more ice time that way. And, you know, obviously every now and then when we need to shake things up, we can move uh, Lemieux up. Like, that's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's just, But it's just more about recognizing, okay, these are naturally where these guys fit. And it's just right now it's just, yeah, it, we forget how young these guys are. I don't think, you know, no one really knows. So they're kind of unknown quantities. We're just kind of figuring that out now in real time. So yeah, I think one of those things is having those guys in the best position will alleviate a lot of problems. And the Canucks have been able because they, you know, they've had a little bit more kicks that they can. They're, they're young guys, maybe, you know, minus Hughes are just a few years old, maybe a year or two older than some of the Rangers young guys. So, yeah, so they'll get there. And like you said, it's it's promising to know that as long as you have that, uh, then you can be competitive. So, yeah, I like you said, I think they're the closest comparison right now to the Rangers. So it bodes well if they can just continue doing what they're doing and then naturally find those stabilizing presence, which are obviously a lot easier to find than the superstar presence. Yeah. And all right. So to, you know, kind of get into the team that they're playing, the Vegas Golden Knights, kind of a tale of uh, two different teams. You have a team that's probably favorite. I think, are they favored to win the Stanley Cup? I think uh, yeah, they are the odds on right now favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And, you know, this team watching them, you realize they kind of have it all. Um, they, they might not have, you know, the best team or the best line on paper, 
But overall, I mean, this team has depth. They have goal scoring ability. They have the ability to shut you down. They can can take control of the neutral zone. Uh, they're you know they can be gritty at times. The only thing I think that really is a question mark right now is is their goaltending, and we can kind of get into that. But you know, the Rangers need to build a roster that you know you need depth. You can't rely on one line. I, I don't believe that. I think you build through the middle and, you know, you get some, you know, center presence in there and then you build around them. And, you know, I think you're able, able to roll four lines and, and compete for a Stanley Cup. And I feel like that's kind of what Vegas has right now. And they have the coaching, they have the players, they have the goal scoring ability and they have the defensemen to get them a cup. I don't know if they have the consistency in goaltending to get them there which worries me, but overall, I mean, this roster is something that Rangers should try to strive for in terms of absolutely. depth. Absolutely. depth. Man, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, they have uh, Nick Holden, who was a Ranger for, what, a yes. season or maybe a season and a half. He's there. You know, we, we'd play him at uh, in our, that second pairing and occasionally the top pairing, and he's a third-pairing defenseman, and he's uh, babysitting a young, promising defenseman in Zach Whitecloud, uh, who's impressed me a lot. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what we're talking about. They just—they're so—they have so much balance, good talent. They have elite talents and guys like Stone and I guess Pacioretty and uh, you know, I, and and just they have also like even and they have a lot of those second tier guys that are those tweener guys, like a lot of them. You know what I mean? Like uh, maybe William Carlson isn't a first line talent, but he's definitely a second line talent who, if he gets hot and has a good year, you know, you saw that his first year with how many uh, goals he scored, you know, he's a, was he a 40 goal score? Um, yeah. And I just, you know, just looking at their, you know, they have a lot of guys that are underrated, like March so is extremely underrated. Snat Stasny is still, even though he's older now, he's like, you know, a, a perfect second line center. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's just that responsible. He's good. You know, Riley Smith, the good Smith has really impressed me. <laughs> You know, we, we unfortunately have the, the, the wrong Smith, but that's all right. And then you look, they have that, that young third line that eventually will probably be their second or possibly their first line. You know, you have Cousins, Wah, and, and now it's Tuck, who, you know, I would love to have a player like Alex Tuck who's just big and fast and score goals. You know, you hope uh, that, um, you know, Julian Gauthier can become a player like that. You know what I mean? Just You can just see it's more of an issue of confidence and, and obviously skill, but... Yeah, and then obviously they have that fourth line of uh, Chandler, Stevenson, Reeves, and Carrier who will really uh, make life miserable for you. Even though Reeves himself maybe isn't the the best, but like he he leaves his mark in every series he's in. Yeah, he's you know, a presence. Whether he's chirping yeah. you on the best, he's a presence. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but I can you know he plays perfectly into their plans. I see him make perfect little pet. He does he does what he does, and then when it comes time for him to make sure he gets the puck up to his line mate, he does. And that's all he has to do. And it's part, you know, it works, you know what I mean? And, and then obviously, you know, their, their defense is just so, uh, yeah, they're just so even throughout, like, you know, their top four is Schmidt and McNabb, Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez. And, you know, you can argue maybe Schmidt and Theodore could be, uh, you know, they're not, maybe they're not, one well actually i'd argue by shea theodore is probably could uh, could be a, a good one number one defenseman he's a bit you know get uh he's getting up there but but yeah they're just such that's an excellent top four like that those are i think each one of those guys could run could could like ride shotgun on a, a first pairing in any other team in the league you know what i mean and now you just have them paired up so 
just whenever they're on the puck, they can all, they're all mobile. They can all move the puck. They all don't mind shooting it. They get it up to each other and they're just so well coached. So yeah, I mean, the Rangers have a way to go if they're going to get there because it's just, they have a lot of more seasoned guys that know how to play within a system. But I would say they don't have anyone who's like broken down or kind of past their prime, kind of sandbagging them a bit, you know? No, uh, and the guys that you think would be those type of players are kind of playing like their perfect role. You know what I mean? They're they're fitting in nicely, and and there's something to say about that. You know, that's a lot of that has to do with coaching. A lot of that has to do with being uh, putting these players in a position to succeed. And like you said, like you know, Reeves might not be the most skilled guy in the world, but he has a presence. And that presence is felt every game. I mean, how many times do you watch a Golden Knights game and they're talking about Reeves, like as the player to watch? It's like every night because guess what? You're not you're not going to be running around the ice uh, playing like a maniac without having the answer to him. And you know, you know, the Rangers really never, you know, they don't have that right now. I mean, maybe Lemieux would go fight you, but no one's really afraid of him. Uh, I, you know, I think it was in the in the not to cut you off, but I think in the first game where where Vegas was literally just kind of throttled Vancouver. Um, at a certain point, I think, you know, Vegas was up, like I think it was three three goals to nothing. And all of a sudden, Vancouver's top line with Pet- the Pedersen line started uh, generating a bit against them. And he immediately took, <laughs> uh, DeBoer immediately took, for it was just one shift, but he put uh, Reeves on with his first unit because that's, you know, who was, or his first line because that's who they were matching up. And I just saw him like, yeah, I, I don't know if it was Miller or if it was, uh, or it might have been Horvat or even um, uh, uh, Besser. It was he just was giving someone like a rough ride in the corner just to like almost extinguish that fire before they started. You know, just to let them know that they were gonna if they thought they were gonna start. You know, getting feeling confident, string some passes together. We're just gonna put a guy who's just gonna like make it miserable for you. So just and then he just went right back to the fourth line. You know, for the rest of the night. But it's just stuff like that, man. Just having the options and to do that, to like, I have such, you know, to have such a deep uh, toolbox that in any situation they can handle it. They're all competent defensively. They're well coached. They all know what they're trying to do collectively. And they're, even though they're always swarming, it doesn't look like they're skating very fast or trying very hard just because it's like, they're all in perfect position. And, you know, when you have that type of support, it makes everyone's job that much easier. They just have one task. And if they do it, it just, if everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing, it should be easy or easier, I should say, as opposed to like sometimes this Rangers team, it looks like everyone to try to get open is like skating as fast as they can and trying to hit home run passes up the middle in top flight. It's just, yeah, it, it should just be, you should always have support and it should be easy. So that's definitely what the Rangers would, a team they would strive to be like. But uh, yeah, I mean, in terms, I, they're definitely, I think they're the most consistent team right now, you know, um, uh, you know, kudos to Vancouver for kind of rallying that next game and making a make you know letting them know they weren't going to roll over and die so but uh yeah they're kind of definitely like one of the gold standard teams right now yeah i would say goaltending is their weakest point whereas you know the rangers really that's never been the case for the rangers so it is uh yeah. interesting to see a team that uh what, what do you think about the goaltending situation there obviously there's you know a little bit of controversy we all saw the, the post yeah. <laughs> uh by flurry's agent uh, uh Welsh. Well, he's I, I I doubt Flurry is there next year. Um, I don't know who's on their depth chart behind uh, Laner now and Flurry. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they have any young goaltenders. There's just I think Laner's a good goaltender. He's def. I think he's become steadier. 
um, as the years have gone on, you know, where, where he was always just kind of promising in Buffalo, but he'd have, you know, you have a good stretch and a real bad stretch and a good stretch and a real bad stretch. Whereas now he's mostly good. And every now and then he's got, he has a bad night. So he's, I don't think he's an upper echelon goaltender, but when that team is that good, he just needs to be good. I don't know, 75% of the time and the rest will take care of itself. You know what I mean? He just has to give them league average goaltending and they'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously maybe the one, their one weakness right now is that they can, they can put themselves in, you know, that they might not be, if, if they will take their foot off the pedal a little bit, it's like, you don't, I don't know if Flanner's the guy who's going to make a 10 bell save. He's, that's not really his game. You know, he makes good saves and he makes the saves he's supposed to make, but he's not like a guy like Carey Price that even in his age, like he was keeping Montreal in that series versus Philly, just, you know, um, so yeah, I, I think uh, that's might be their one weakness. But I think as long as if as long as Lanner just does what he's been doing, I think they still have a very realistic shot. Yeah, I I I agree, and um, I mean they're just a fun team to watch, and it's a so far it's a great series to watch too. Um, yeah, it's been fun. All right, let's uh, let's move on to. Our next two teams, uh, first let's go with um, the Dallas Stars because, again, this is a team that I almost feel like the Rangers, you know, could end up looking like this a little bit in the future. Um, you know, they ha- they have some, you know, dynamite stars up front. Uh, Dallas Stars brought in Joe Pavelski, uh, you know, just a, a leadership guy, a guy that, you know, can play – on the power play, obviously you want him in front of the net. One of the best hand-eye coordinations maybe ever of all time. Uh, one of the best American players of all time. Uh, he was a huge addition. And here's a team that kind of just chugs along. And whenever you kind of count them out, they find a way to get it done. And they're just a very odd, weird team. And, you know, they, again, I, I, I don't know if it's attributable to their depth, Uh you know, their, their ability to score goals from the defensive end. Um, but, you know, overall, this team has impressed me in the playoffs and, you know, they kind of just find a way to get it done. How do you think comparatively to the Rangers, the Dallas stars are in terms of, you know, um, maybe having some, you know, high powered offensive defensemen, and then, you know, maybe, you know, you have some good forwards, maybe not the best in the playoffs right now, but a good lineup with some depth and, you know, they just find a way to get it done. Yeah, man. I mean, if you hit fast forward on the Rangers, uh, it's definitely could be a possibility for what they look like down the line. Cause obviously the stars of this team are a bit older, you know, Sagan maybe isn't the oldest guy, but, uh, Ben and Radulov and Pavelski obviously, uh, are a bit older. You know, the, what they have going for them is that they're, defense uh their defense score is a bit younger you know Haskinen and uh, Klingberg are you know on the younger side you know I th- you know I mean Klingberg has been in the league a few years now so he's kind of like at the peak of his powers I'd say very good defenseman Haskinen is amazing he'll win a you know he'll win in Norris one day uh god he's amazing watching him you know he's just I I you know I love uh, I love all the Rangers young defensemen right now. Obviously, I, I love Adam Fox. It would be great to have a guy like Haskinen who's just like in all situations, can do anything, you know, excellent in transition, just cool as a cucumber, you just do whatever you need him to do. So hopefully Fox can become like that. You know, he's yeah. not as good a skater as uh, uh, Haskinen, but the brain is obviously there. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's like they, this team, that Dallas Stars team kind of, everyone thought they were cooked. And then all of a sudden they just turned it on. And I don't know if it's one of those things that it's like they're a team that was kind of saving it a little bit or just knew as long as they made it to this point that they could, because they're all experienced enough, then they can hit that switch and all of a sudden it's scary. You know, they're blowing, you know, blowout performances, you know? So, uh, and, you know, when, and then you realize it's like, wow, Corey Perry was once a, you know, an, a former Art Ross winner. He's obviously, uh, you know, past his prime, but he's on the third line and that's fine. And you put him with young guys, you know, you put him with um, Rupe Hintz and Dickinson who can do more of the work in that line because you're not, you know, Corey Perry can be nasty, but he's not the best skater. But, you know, if you if he's a guy who can just score, you know, uh, with the hand-eye coordination in the hands and the, the scoring touch on the third line, uh, yeah, then you know you're in good shape. And, I mean, they're they're I think they're more – they're underrated in terms of their center depth. I don't think people talk about it because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you have Pavelski playing a lot of center at times. Uh Sagan is obviously a very good center. Hints has been great this season. And even a guy like Faxa, who maybe this he had a great year the last two years, and maybe this year he's been pushed down, but he's still very good. You know, he's just uh but to have him as your third line center, yeah, they're really they're really strong down the middle and it helps. You know, it makes that solves a lot of problems. And they have guys playing where they should be playing. And yeah, I think that's the I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, uh they Getting Pavelski was huge for them. Uh, it stinks Zuccarello's not there. I think he'd be playing a lot better if he was there. But, yeah, you know, I agree. Again, he wanted his money. Whatever. That's that. You got to live with it. Uh, but um, but yeah, because I think a guy like Pavelski would be a good you know a good player to play with Zuc because he's smart and can just go right to the net and like give Zuc a little bit room to make plays off the wing. But again, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, man, they just they have depth. They're a bit older. They're more experienced. Their stars have kind of been there. And I also think it's like even Jamie Benn, who kind of people have been ready to like bury for a while. They're like, oh, he's not a superstar anymore. He's past his prime. You know, he's been coming up in these big moments recently. He's been scoring some good goals. He's a, And honestly, Lafreniere, you know, Ben does remind me a lot of him. Maybe you hope Lafreniere will be more of a skilled scorer and put up more. But like in terms of just being like powerful and able to like – uses physicality as part of the skill. It's like, man, that's such a good, a valuable player to have. Cause it's like, especially in the playoffs, you know, when Ben puts his mind to something, he can, it's hard to stop him. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah, that's definitely a possibility for the Rangers. Um, you, if they want to get there, I think, you know, obviously one thing will be time, but it'll be very important to, you have to make, I think we spoke about it when we're talking about, uh, they, you know, or Vancouver and Vegas technically is that you need, you want to make sure, that your older guys aren't sandbagging you and that they're putting the best positions they can to succeed, you know, and if they're past their expiration date, then yeah, you put them in a position to succeed. You know, uh, you put them, you put Corey Perry on the third line and then let him be play on the half wall on the power play, you know? So yeah, would behoove them to do that. Yeah. And you know, I, I, the thing with the Dallas too, is they play, you know, to their strengths uh, as much as they possibly can. I, I know they're not the best team like roster wise, down up and down the lineup but you know listen they have enough veteran experience on that team to never feel out of a game uh you know they're not going to get pushed around and bullied they have enough grit I mean talk about a guy that's you know plays with an edge on the third line Corey Perry and still is able to you know put the puck in the net I mean he's only a point behind Tyler Sagan for the playoffs so um you know it 
it's kind of cool to see this team succeed a little bit because you always count. I, I mean, I did at least. I always kind of counted them out as uh, being a true contender, but here they are up, you know, well, now it's two to one in the series uh, against the Avalanche. I never thought, you know, I thought they'd be lucky to win two games. And here they are already having yeah. two games in the first, you know, two games. And dude, their ability to take over a period is unbelievable. They should just start the game off down to nothing because <laughs> yeah. I feel like whenever they get down by a couple goals, the next period they come out and <laughs> and score five. I mean, you know, how many times are they down and they just, you know, score in bunches i you know it's so strange you never really see that in the playoffs you know a team being able to score in bunches like that really exciting well well, you know what's funny is that i think that's also a testament to their their age and the fact they have so many seasoned players that that have been there so long that they realize like it doesn't mean anything you know what i mean like you can teams can come back and even them they're like you know what if we just dump the tanks and this in this next period and see where we're at and then maybe somehow we're lucky to get back in this and we just try to get to OT and hopefully, you know, a broken play or whatever, or just if we somehow get ahead, then we'll just, you know, rely on our years of coaching, you know, being coached and uh, knowing where, how to play good defense. And that's what they do, man. You know, they've had a lot of coaches come through there in the last few years with different philosophies. You know, they've had defensive coaches, they've had offensive coaches, they've had coaches that mixture of both. So those guys can play it. You know, they have the experience to know, what to do to play it any which way. So, yeah. And that's the thing. I think they realize that like, uh, whereas, you know, the avalanche are still a relatively young team. They kind of shed that older core. Uh, but you know, their superstars are all young and yeah, they're just a, a younger team. So it's like outside of, uh, Landeskog, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that they have years of knowing, uh, just being in these situations and knowing what to do. And yeah. And especially, knowing how to change things, being comfortable changing things up. Because a lot of teams, it's like, uh, you know, definitely the Rangers, you can see when they realize their Kung Fu is not working, what happens? They they just fall apart because they have no confidence. So, uh, yeah, it's a huge thing. And uh, it's, yeah, it's funny you say that because it's like, it will seem like, well, you know, this game's over and all of a sudden, like, they'll just have a, an onslaught. And that's what, yeah, just win the period. And that's, you know, it's a cliche, but I think they're a team that actually believes it as opposed to teams just know it as a cliche, you know, and just like, you know, hockeyism. Hello, bonjour, hello, hey, hiya and previet hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck podcast. The show where two blokes from Blighty talk about everything to do with European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. From the Russian KHL to the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga to the Swiss National League, the British Elite League to the Alps Hockey League, we talk about anything and everything European hockey. Catch our podcast every Friday from August the 28th, however you get your podcasts, and on the Europuck Podcast YouTube channel. The Europuck Podcast, giving you guys European hockey. So let's get into the Colorado Avalanche. Um... Uh, in depth here this team their high powered offense is an understatement this team i tell you nathan mckinnon is one of the most impressive players i've ever seen uh i think he's i think he's a top two player in the league i think he's toe-to-toe with mcdavid um he's not as it's hard to say he's not as explosive as mcdavid but i mean he damn he's right there uh, you know, they're never out of a game. That's for sure with him on the ice. 
uh, Makar, you know, unbelievable young defenseman. Uh, it's just like this team is now in the prime years of winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, I think they, this is what the Rangers will end up being like. I know we spoke about this before. But, you know, really a couple players that are really high-end, a really high-end defenseman, Cal McCarr, I think that's similar to Fox. And, you know, I really, you know, I, I think, you know, watching this team in the playoffs right now, I do think that they probably could use a little bit of veteran leadership. And I certainly think the Rangers need that in their, in their lineup if they want to be successful. Um, but overall, what do you think of the Colorado Avalanche? I mean, it's... Again, a contender, but definitely you still see where they're lacking. Yeah, exactly. And I think they're, you know, where we're talking about Vancouver, where it's like maybe they're not as their stars aren't as don't shine as bright as the uh, the Avalanche. Um, they maybe they do have more of those stabilizing guys to help them pull out of things because you know I think the Abs are kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They're either throttling you or you know, things go sideways for them real quick. Cause you remember they're only a few seasons removed from having one of the worst statistical seasons, like in a long time. And if you look at their roster turnover, a lot of those, the guys who are the older or, you know, I say that in quotes cause they're not old, but like the, their, their vets technically are the guys that were kind of like part of those teams. So it's like, it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like when things start going South for them, they can, yeah, they can ruminate on a little bit too much. Uh, and but it's funny because they do, you know, when they are on, they are dangerous and they're scary. And like you said, McKinnon is just every, he just seems to get more and more confident. I don't even know if he's, like you said, I don't even know if this is like this, this is his plateau. He's still pretty young. We forget he's been in the league so long. He's what, 25? If that is, he's still 24. I don't even know. But yeah, I think he's, he's like 24, 24. He's 24. 25. He's 24 years old. Uh, he'll be 25. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, we, which is scary to think about, but it's just you, you, he's added so many d- dimensions to his game. Like he can, I think he's one of the few players in the league, whereas McDavid, because he is, you know, he's the, at least with the puck on his stick, he's the fastest. He beats you off the rush, right? Yeah. And he can obviously make plays, but the fact that McKinnon can like get you on your heels and then just stop and then stop like, in one shift, he could play an aggressive north-south game and it's like slam on the brakes, and then just play an east-west game and just skate. And but because he's so strong, he can just fend, protect the puck, and fend it off, and just quickly change directions and just open shooting lanes for himself. He can do it all himself. Just scary, you know. He can just break games open if he wants to. Uh, so you know, once once he gets that, maybe that, uh, and I think that's a huge thing is that that even if he doesn't score, it really does tire out. You know, it, it neutralizes the, the line that should be scoring because they have to deal with that, you know what I mean, on the other team. So then that's when it, it would help to have guys, you know, and Kadri's been obviously a very good pickup for them, man. He's been good. Yeah, uh, I I wanted to really talk about Kadri because he is, again, a player that plays with tenacity. He's one of those guys that can be gritty. He could score goals. He's got a personality. He's got a swagger to him. Uh, I, I, loved, I loved him in Toronto. I mean, I thought Toronto was crazy getting rid of him. I mean... I know he kind of wanted out there and, and, you know, they, they weren't, well, exactly they had the, not, uh, you know, him getting, uh, when it was going sideways, he got suspended in, in back-to-back series Indians yep. versus Boston, you know, so that they, they were calling for him to leave. And now they're like, why do we ever get rid of him? You know, exactly. Whole, it's uh, like, I, you know, Toronto, Toronto, <laughs> we need a player like him. Why do we get rid of him? Why do we have a uh, Mitch Marner who doesn't, you know, Codridge got it more hard, like, you know, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. 
but no, man, he's been great. And like you said, that uh, swagger, it's like how much of playoffs is kind of swagger, you know, it's, or at least you can call it grit, determination, confidence, whatever, but you definitely need it. And you need guys that set that set the tone and the tempo. And you don't have, that doesn't mean you have to be Nathan McKinnon or the best players in the world. But if you're just like, I think that's the biggest thing is I feel like that whole golden Knights lineup we were talking about. I feel like they all have swagger, you know, Reeves oh, has yeah, swagger because yeah. he knows what he does. You know, March so has swagger because, you know, he's not the best, but like when he's on the ice, he's like, you know, he's a little uh, chicken shit and, you know, whatever they it's, but it's like, it just leaves its mark on the game. So, you know, the Rangers are, when you're young, you you can be enthusiastic, but like, you know, uh, you know, they don't have swagger yet. But they can they can get it. Obviously, we can see that emerge. I think Buchnevich in the last few seasons, you can see all as he gets more comfortable, he gets a little bit more ornery and swagger and you know confidence. And but yeah, I mean, it, the Rangers definitely do need that because it's like that confidence you can see you can see it through the screen. It it, it emanates, you know. So they need it. Yeah, and 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 this team, I you know I watching them. Yeah, obviously they can outscore anyone. You can win a game with McKinnon. I think on any roster, he can literally just take over. Um, you know, this team I bet before the season started to win the Stanley Cup. I I really like the direction that this team is heading in, and uh, you know, you know, I hope that the Rangers could eventually get to this point where they do have that superstar talent. They do have the complementary players. Um, you know, I, I think they're this team, the Avalanche are lacking in goaltending. I think the Rangers have the goaltending. Um, you know, they have some dynamite defensive defensemen. I think the Rangers can have that dynamite, you know, defensive outlook where, you know, the, the defensemen are contributing offensively and they're also so skilled that you never are concerned, uh, you know, if there's a flurry of shots in, in front of, you know, Igor and, you know, we, we have the skill to gather the puck and make sure it gets out with confidence. Um you know, I, you know, I can't wait for that, that Rangers, you know, I can't wait for Fox to really truly develop and blossom into, you know, um, you know, what McCarr was kind of this year. Um, but you know, overall, uh, you know, this team definitely has a shot. Uh, I would say that, you know, listening to NHL XM, you know, they, they, they might be looking to add a, a Taylor Hall to this team. And I think that would be a really, huge key piece because good luck having those as your one, two, you know, a one, two punch. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the East. Uh, we got the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay lightning, Philadelphia flyers and New York Islanders. Some really good matchups, uh, you know, Boston, Tampa, obviously the two heavyweights, uh, of the division, uh, a matchup. I think people probably had, uh, marked on their calendars, you know, before the season even started, Philly and Islanders, you know, Philly was impressive all season. Uh, they got the number one seed in the uh, in the round robin. And, you know, they face off against an, a tough Islanders team that just plays to their strength. So um, let's start off with the Boston Bruins, uh, only because I feel like this team is. I don't even know how to describe this team. Whenever I think they're going to have a bad year, they just they have the best line in hockey. They are gritty they just they don't quit uh they don't really have like flaws they just seem to have bad games and that's it um like you know at any moment they can turn it on and just take over a series take over a game take over a period it doesn't really matter um yeah so comparatively to the rangers i don't think this team really truly compares to them 
it's something that they could strive for as terms of being a dominant team, you know, long term, you know. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the Boston Bruins? And, and, and if you had to pick a quality that the Rangers can, can embrace from them uh, going into next year, what would you say? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I'd say with the Bruins, it definitely is. I don't know if physicality is the right word, but I think that Bruins team is definitely, they get in on you fast. You know, they have, uh, maybe the best line in hockey. You know, I know it's, it's kind of a, almost like a, everyone uses that. But when you think about it, it's true because, you know, Marshand is, they have every element. They have a, a superstar high scoring, you know, dangerous scoring touch player in Pasternak. You have the sneaky underrated, uh, so difficult to deal with, excellent at protecting the puck, feisty little winger in Marshand. And then you have Bergeron, who's like one of the best faceoff men in the league, one of the best defensive players in the league, one of the best takeaway men in the league can just, you insert him in any situation and he can get you the result you want. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I look at, it's funny because it's, you look at the, how the rest of that lineup is populated and yeah, it's honestly, they have just a solid bunch from their first line to their fourth line. It's just a solid bunch of guys that can play roles. Like, you know, I know it's crazy being underrated or the, you know, it's like, Oh, he's secretly the best center in the Bruins is like get set all the time. But you know, it's just like they have the center depth and then just every, you know, they're, I feel like the wingers on the, the those teams work their, their balls off every shift. You know what I mean? They're, they're always, like I said, they're always like first in on pucks. They, they do a lot of the work and then they let the, the centers kind of like do support. Um, you know, I think, I think uh, trading for Charlie Coyle was such a good move for yeah. them, you know, especially because right now, I mean, and who knows, maybe, you know, uh, uh, maybe Debra, no, I'm not DeBrusque. Who, who do they trade Coyle for again? What's his name? Um, and now, and now in, uh, in Minnesota. So, well, um, uh, whatever his name. Kid. yeah exactly i can't even remember his name right now which is kind of showing how uh how that ended up working out donato sorry yes donato. you know donato right. could become a good could become a good player but like you know i right now it's like it really helps having a guy coil is not the oldest guy but he's also not the youngest guy and it's just like having that as your your third line center is huge you know what i mean um Although, I mean, John Moore, you know, former Rangers defenseman, has played shifts, uh, third-line wing shifts for them at times, which has been interesting. I don't know if that's an injury thing. You know, in that fourth line of Wagner, Lindholm, and Nordstrom, just makes it, they make life difficult for you. So, yeah, I think they just have, they have the the steadying presence. I think, to, to your point, James, that that first line is good, but then the rest of their lineup, you know, I don't know if they're you know, as good as guys like Krejci and they are maybe outside that first line, the rest of them, at least in their, in their, uh, their forward core, you know, maybe they're not the most, maybe they don't have the total firepower of some of the other teams in the playoffs do like Tampa or Vegas or hell, even Dallas, but you know, they have, everyone's willing to do what they have to do and they all pull in the same direction and it works for them. So maybe that might be a weakness, you know, it could end up being a weakness a little bit, but it's also a strength. And obviously their, their D is very good. You know, Chara, um, you know, you could argue he's getting up there, but they put him in a good position. You know, McAvoy is such a sneaky, good underrated defenseman. You know, I, he had such a good season this year. It was just, wasn't a, like, 
the counting stats didn't bear it out. But then if you look at kind of, uh, you know, the underrated numbers that he's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league this year, just because he was so good at stopping transitions in, you know, the neutral zone before they even started. You know what I mean? So it made he made life easier on him and Chara, where Chara doesn't have to, like, be on his haunches all the time. You know what I mean? So and Krug is obviously amazing. You know, unfortunately, this might be their last kick at the can with him because he's he'll probably leave as a free agent just because they can't afford him. But yeah, I mean, Carlo and Grizzlick, they're great. Yeah, they just have solid defensemen all around. And and like you said, when you have uh, it's a, another instance of like, you know, you put your maybe your lesser and or older or over the hill players in better situations, whether that's having a, a like an elite guy babysit him to kind of protect them, insulate them a bit or just putting it, not giving them a lot of minutes. Like, you know, I wouldn't be very comfortable giving like that fourth line lots of minutes because I don't think there, there's some better fourth lines in the, in the league, but they put them on the ice when to do exactly what they need to do. And it works out. Yeah. And just, they're just a frustrating team to play against. It's like, it's, they're one of those matchups that no matter who they're playing against, they're always going to give them a tough time. Uh, you know, St. Louis was able to beat them last year because, you know, they they brought that, you know, really physical element to the game that, you know, St. Louis just couldn't capture this year. And, you know, Boston was right there. I mean, they're a Stanley Cup team, whether or not you like it. Again, just depth. They got players that play within themselves. And again, it's annoying to say, but the best line in hockey and it's true every game, they're just. They always find a way to get a, a few goals, and it's just like they're never out of it. So, um, you know, long term, you hope the Rangers would be able to put together a roster to be this successful this long. Um, you know, it's just like year after year, you know, Boston's always at the top of the standings. They're always making a push towards the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, this is going to be a true battle with uh, against Tampa. I, I don't know. I mean, we can get into Tampa right now. I, I, I just... I don't know if the Bruins have the punch to to beat Tampa in a seven-game series. I mean, I could be totally wrong. And Boston's one of those teams that they could just show up and beat Tampa in five. You know, it's just they're one of those teams. But, you know, Tampa has one of those rosters that I think every Stanley Cup team, you look at their roster and you're like, well, this this is it. Like, you know, they can do it with this core. You know, what do you think of Tampa? Obviously, comparative to the Rangers or, you know, they're they're just not even close. But yeah, I mean, I think Tampa reminds or the a few years for the last few years, Tampa has kind of reminded me of what we had in Colorado in that you kind of had elite superstar talent and, you know, good cast around them. But they were, uh, I don't know, not that they were young, but it was like. They mentally together. Yeah, yeah it was like they played a very up-tempo style of hockey but when things went didn't go their way it just kind of backslid on them you know you know that you had you know there you know those middle lines were populated with guys like you know you remember the triplets for a while was kucherov Pilat, and uh johnson and mm-hmm. you know they're those guys aren't bangers they're you know maybe uh Pilat does would do a lot of the hard work for them but you know but now you look at how much different on paper this team is. You have Pat, you know, big rig Patrick Maroon brought in after winning a cup with, uh, and you know, again, he doesn't play a lot of minutes, but like he plays with, they put him with the perfect guys to that. He can, 
you know, all he has to do is be, you know, give him as many offensive zone starts. He can protect the puck. You can't take it off him because his butt's so big, you know, and then you can get it to skilled guys. So they really added, they really addressed what they needed to. And, you know, because they were obviously after getting swept uh, last year, you could say, you could see the, the, the shell shock, but you could also kind of see the determination. And I think the second they finally got rid of CBJ and didn't let it happen to them a, a second time, you know, especially I think that first, if they had lost that first game that went into like four OT, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what would have happened, but I don't think there was any way they were ever going to lose that game. I just think they knew they had to like, they had to beat Columbus at their own game. And the second they did, I think it just took the governor off because they now know we can play with the, one of the best defensive teams in the league. And then just our firepower went out. We'll win the war of attrition. So I think that's, they just know. And that now they know they can, and they've definitely been more physical, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, it helps that their younger guys are now. Yeah. They're not, they're not one of the younger teams in the league, but they're not one of the oldest teams in the league, but they just have a, such a good mix. Cause like Sergachev is now, you know, Hedman is amazing. I think he's still, despite getting up there, he's still one of the best defensemen in the league. And you could just put him in any situation and he just takes over. Like he's so noticeable. He just is all over the ice. He's leading the rush. He's breaking up, uh, you know, plays with that, that reach and just, yeah. But I mean, you know, <laughs> Shattenkirk, who the Rangers gave big money to play a premier role is now relegated to being like, power play guy which he should be and you know shotgun partner on a lesser on a lesser line you know uh mcdonough's been hurt so we haven't seen as much of him but you know in in that first series he was him and Hedman were logging a lot of minutes you know um and i mean mcdonough's definitely not what he once was he's got so many road miles on him at this point you know it seems like he's always hurt but um you know i think it's just they really did address their issues in that now they are they have swagger. They are physical. They have a good mix of, you know, they brought in Blake Coleman, who is a high octane in your face player. Uh, and yeah, they have, they have such a deadly mix. They have guys that can do it all. And I think whereas Boston, like you'd mentioned, you know, Boston is good. They're solid and they're competent and they're all, they're confident team. But I just don't think, I think Boston, you know, unfortunately for them, this Tampa team's a little bit younger, has mm-hmm. more elements to them. And, you know, and that's not even, you know, Kucherov's kind of been like a sleeping giant because every now and then he can just go off because he's, you know, one of the, the most deadly scoring wingers in the league, you know, and they don't even have Stamkos back yet. I don't know if he comes back this series, but, or when he's supposed to, I haven't been paying attention to that, but they've been this good. They don't even have Steven Stamkos, who, even though maybe Steven Stamkos has also been hampered by injuries, he's still, you put him on the power play, he can score with that one timer on the, the left circle anytime he wants almost, you know, so you just one more thing to worry about. So yeah. And I, think, yeah, I, I, I see them so not to cut you off. Sorry. No. I see them winning this. And uh, yeah, I just think that's what <laughs> every team should kind of aspire to. But you know, it, it, it's funny how sometimes embarrassing situations and losing really lets you know what you need to do and kind of like put you in the right headspace to know what, okay, what you would have done different. Yeah. I think it exposed, Tampa for what they were and they had no grit they had no they couldn't grind out games and that's what the playoffs are it's it's not always the most you know skill will 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 sometimes win out but it's the ability to grind to play that physical game to take a hit give a hit you know through the seven game series and Tampa just didn't have that they didn't have a single element of that and I feel like they've kind of embraced it a little bit this year you know, they're, I feel like they're kind of having fun playing the physical game. You know, you see players having a different way to them, a different swagger 
you know, you know, you know, throwing hits, being more physical in the corners. You know, you, you didn't see that from Tampa last year. You know, they kind of just were shell shocked from, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets being like, you know what? We're not better than you and we know it, but we're just going to annoy you. We're going to hit you. We're going to hold you. We're going to, you know, win the one-on-one battles in the corner because I, we know that when it comes down to it, you're, you don't have the physical presence that we do. And, you know, you can win a series that way. And yeah. I think Tampa, I don't think they're the best at it, but they're embracing it. And that makes them dangerous because like you yeah. said, they have the skill to to beat you. That, yeah, no, and I, no it's funny because I – a lot of the guys who I think have been the most physical have been the small, some of the smaller water, water bug guys. Right. But you know, I think people confuse that when we say it, because you saw the first period of that, uh, of the Rangers game against Carolina, the Rangers were running around trying to hit everything that moved, but it, there was no purpose to it. Whereas like right. Sorelli, you dump it, you dump a puck in the corner, you, you, get on your horse as fast you can you get in first so even as the defenseman turns you are on his leg immediately with your stick in there you're holding him you know what i mean and that's not that's not like laying laying a guy out but that's just being tenacious winning your battles you know getting in first getting in hard and yeah and coming up with the puck and just not giving them smothering them not giving them time and space and every now and then that's a hit or every now and then that's just winning a foot race and then just you know little reverse hit or shiver and then quickly spin off and I think that's why they're so successful. They don't have to, because they are so skilled, they don't have, just embracing it a little has like opened up, it opens things up for them because it's like the other team is then immediately on their haunches and all of a sudden now it's like you, they're a little, their foot speed's a little bit slower because they're kind of feel the pressure on and they don't want to, you know, then you, then you have more room to operate and do your little, your, your beautiful set plays and, and, you know, uh, cycle the puck around the perimeter. So yeah, it's clearly, you can see just what a difference it's made for them. So I think it's a lesson for all teams is that, you know, and you know, I think it's also means don't overthink it. You know, it's that, that gr- grit is just the willingness to, you know, be hard on the puck and win battles. That doesn't mean you have to like body a guy and just not pay attention to how, where the puck squeaks out. You know what I mean? And let one of his teammates pick it up. It's just get in on the puck first, do what you have to do to have it on your, on your stick. And Tampa's doing that. You know, Blake Coleman, uh, was a great pickup for them. You know, he started out a little slow, but now over time you're seeing that how just, just knowing that every time you, if you chip in a puck, he'll get to it first. Cause that's the other thing is that chipping, you know, they say get pucks deep. So give yourself a chance to win it. But you know, a lot of times teams chip pucks just when they, when they just, they, they've been tired out and they need a line change and you're just giving up possession. So if you're going to, if you absolutely have to do that, make sure the guys, you know, you have guys ready to hit the line with speed and get there first. And honestly, between, you know, Johnson and Sorelli and, and, uh, yeah, uh, Coleman, like they, when, if that puck gets dumped in the corner, they're there first and that's huge. Yeah, it's just, and you know, you'd want the Rangers to, I mean, listen, the roster, it's a dream roster. I mean, any coach would, you know, be drooling to be able to coach these players. So in terms of being comparative to the Rangers, it's like, yeah, they're night and day. Uh, They're just a complete team. You know, I do want the Rangers to be able to be this skillful, to be able to win this balanced and, you know, have the ability to, you know, uh, play a grittier game that you know you're going to have in the playoffs. Because like it or not, I know there's, you know, been a little bit of a controversy about the refing. The refing changes in the playoffs. It's ex- it's expected. And every year, I feel like year after year, people are like, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, look at all the clutching grab and the and like the refs are being selective. It's like, you know, the refs are going to be selective about their calls. They don't call it the way they do during the regular season. 
any stick in the midsection is an automatic, you know, two minutes in a regular season. Here, they kind of let the boys play a little bit. And, you know, I, I don't think I don't think Tampa embraced that last year. This year they are. And, you know, they're I think they're they gotta be the best team right now in the East in terms of how they're playing. So um any any words on on Tampa before we get into the the final series? Uh no, I think we pretty much covered it. And like you said, that you know, just knowing they can now they can win that war of attrition is going to be so huge for them. So, you know, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if if a Vegas Tampa final would not surprise me in the least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I try to think now it's like what it, what would, you know, what, uh, yeah. I mean, and even, you know, Vasilevsky maybe hasn't looked as solid as he has looked in, in, uh, in past seasons, but you know, as he's such a good goaltender anyway, and he's still so young that as long as they can dictate, most of the play, you should be fine, you know, and he did win. He did, you know, win some dual outs with Columbus's goaltending, which has been some of the best in the league this season. So yeah, man, they have everything you might need. You know, you just, obviously you hope, uh, you hope Hedman stays healthy. Cause that's the one thing is that as you know, I, you know, I think Sergeyev's very good, but you know, McDonough's hurt. And now if you, if something happens to Hedman, like, I don't, I don't know, man, like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, circuit like if you uh, I'll fall this on Sergeyev and Shattenkirk is playing, you know, for logging uh, top pairing minutes. Like, yeah, I don't know how well that bodes, you know, because even like right now, it's good to have a Zach, you know, a Bogosian. Well, they have uh, Coburn stepping in and in, well, uh, yeah, done a spot, and it's like, oof, it's yeah, like, yeah and you know, that's that's might be the minutes. one the one thing right now, and it's only because of injury because they're usually you know they their depth looks good when everyone's healthy, but you know their their best defensemen are a bit older, you know, so. You know, maybe Sergeyev is obviously in that conversation, but um, yeah. So you, I think that's the one thing is that Hedman needs to stay healthy because when he's on the ice, like the ice is definitely tilted towards uh, Tampa's favor, and you know, you, you don't want to put guys like Shattenkirk <laughs> in in. Uh, you don't want to expose them for you know ab- above and beyond their big their abilities, either Coburn or Shattenkirk or Bogosian. But as long as the, you can keep them to your lower pairs and riding shotgun with guys who can a little bit more reliable than them, then it's okay. You know. Yeah. So. All right. Um, the the final series, uh, my favorite series so far, uh, Philadelphia against the New York Islanders. Let's start with uh, with the Flyers. Um, obviously, Rangers ex coach Elaine Vigneault. Uh, this is kind of like a perfect Elaine Vigneault team where they are very good offensively, and he allows them to, you know, allows a little bit of freedom and creativity on the offensive side of the puck. The problem is, if that doesn't work, there is no plan B. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, the Flyers could be in trouble in this series. I mean, if the Islanders can keep it together, there's not many teams that can beat them. And the Flyers aren't one of those teams that are going to be able to, uh, you know, out, outduel them in a defensive battle. I think the Islanders don't give up anything. So you better be able to put up numbers against this team. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. The Rangers, looking at what the Rangers were with AV, I kind of am happy he's gone. Uh, you can see that he's having a little bit of success so far in the playoffs, which is not to be, you know, you know, which is not a shocker. I'm glad the Rangers are not built like the Flyers. I'm glad. I hope we are never really built like the Flyers because I don't trust this team to get the job done. 
what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I feel similar in that I look at that Flyers team and they're actually, you know, they have a benefit of being maybe being closer in resemblance to uh, the Rangers team that went to the cup final. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the one thing is that outside of uh, Giroux, you know, I mean, I would say their firepower, they have firepower in their top six. It might not be as explosive as, you know, they can go off though. They have a lot of guys who can score goals. Like, you know, Konechny is a good goal scorer. Voracek can, when he's motivated, is a good goal scorer. You know, Couturier has become one of the better center defensive centers in the league. And obviously Giroux is brilliant, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I think the problem is I look at the, when I look at them on t- paper, I think they should be playing one way and that's not how Vino has them playing. Cause you know, he's a, at the end, that's his style. He's an offensive guy. And it's like, it's almost like he, you know, I look at it when the success he had with the Canucks, but it was when, you know, it's usually when he, he actually seems to fare better with uh, older teams that like he doesn't have to tell them how to play team defense because, you know, his system isn't really so super team defense heavy. It's more about trying to push, stretch that offense and push, you know, and like I said, squeeze out offense. So when they're like you said, when they're offensive, it's great. But you look at they, you know, they go up early on two Hayes goals the other night. They I think they score three goals mm-hmm. and then they just like an AV team. They took their foot off the gas. What happened? You know, and there's brought it to overtime you know they were lucky they won in overtime because they had lost that game that would have been it you know yeah but um but yeah to, to, i think it's to your point because i look at them i'm like katuri is one of the best defensive centers in the league and you're 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 not playing into that you know and they have some good you know their their decor you know pro rob's becoming a good defenseman he's still very young but he's becoming one of the better defensemen in the league but yeah i mean i think they still definitely have their flaws um and obviously, I, I you know, it seems like they're really playing with fire because it's like I do think there's some teams that the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders don't have superior firepower, but they're just they're way better coached and they don't give you anything. And I just, you know, AV also adjustments is not a big adjustments guy. It's like if his thing isn't working well, you guys figure it out, you know, use your creativity, try try to do what you can. But I just yeah, I mean. It, I I have the Islanders winning this series. Um, I do feel like the Flyers are just too. Yeah, I don't know. They're just unreliable. They're kind of a little too up and down. And it's like, well, I feel like they don't have an identity outside of the offense. Like, like I don't trust the Flyers to, like, listen. They'll be able to to outscore you. Like, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. But you saw what happened in that first game, where like the Islanders just didn't really give up many grade a chances. And this team feeds off of those, that ability to create them and yeah. And to burn you in transition, which is damn near impossible. Um, Yeah. I mean, they definitely listen, they definitely have the skill I would think to, to break, to break through that. But I think it requires patience. And cause it's like, no, listen, as good as teams, the flyers are, I mean, the Islanders are a damn near perfect team when it comes to defending but that doesn't mean you can't you can't exploit that. It just means you have to be patient. I just don't think I don't think this team is there yet. Uh, I think too many of their support guys are too young, and I think you know, uh, you know, it's nice when JVR can be a third line winger for you. But you know, I don't know, man. Like I just don't, I just don't know if they're they're a team that is experienced enough or has the patience, you know. And I think uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I could see, I could see they're a team that like most AV teams, like every night you'll have one line going a night that's really cooking, but then the rest just kind of slag behind. And, you know, when you finally figure out how to neutralize them, then they just kind of fall on their ass. Uh, you know, Carter Hart obviously has been very good and is, will be, I'm sure, we'll, you know, it's nice that, that Philly finally is goaltending they've been looking for for years. But yeah, I mean, they definitely, you know, you look at that team, they definitely have a lot of talent. And I don't know if I, I yeah, I don't have any, I don't think I have any problems with the construction of their team so much. Maybe their fourth line is just kind of like, meh. Uh, and but I love their young D, you know, maybe you. Yeah, I don't like I look Provorov is a great player. You know, I've been a Sandheim fan for a long time, so it's nice to see him starting to figure it out. But, you know, maybe I do think the one thing is that you would maybe want a little bit more insulation on that roster. But I honestly, I do just think that I look at the style that they're playing and I'm just like, you know, I've, I've seen this story before. We, you know, yes. Ranger fans were warned by Canucks fans. And they, it went down exactly as they said, you know, it's like you come in and it's like, man, our team can finally score some goals. He's, you know, and then you're like slowly realize it's like, oh man, he, he really leaves a lot of it to his players. When, you know, as a coach, your job is to make things easier for your guys and trying to stretch the ice and push out offense all the time is, yeah, it's not what it's about, you know? Yeah, no. And, and, you know, I, th- like I said, I mean, if, even if they do come out of this series, running into to Tampa and Boston, it's going to be tough. It's going to, it's going to be tough because those teams really have the skill. I don't think the the Islanders have, and we get into the Islanders. I don't think the Islanders have the depth, but you know, again, it's just one of those things where we've seen this story before. We kind of know how it pans out. And it's just like, you saw how they struggled against Montreal. That wasn't an easy series for them. And it's just like, if the offense is a clinking, you don't have a plan B. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, I don't want the Rangers to be anywhere built like this team. Uh, obviously, Hayes was a huge part of the Rangers. Um, again, I don't know where he gets off, you know, having nine points in 11 games. Uh, you know, he sure as hell didn't really do that much in, in New York and obviously didn't want to be in Winnipeg. So, you know, he came here, signed a nice fat contract and, I, I don't know. I just think he's one of the most overrated players in, in, the, in the league. I know he's big and, you know, he's lanky and, and, and he, he's got a little bit of creative juices with him. And I think that's why he's having su- some success with uh, AV. But overall, I don't like the longevity of this team and I don't want the Rangers to be built like him. So I said my piece. Yeah, I agree. But the New York Islanders. Calendars. Oh, God. I hate to say this, but if the Rangers... <laughs> It's annoying because the Rangers all season long have been had one of the most inconsistent defense, defensive schematics I've ever seen out of a team out of a Rangers team. And then you go to Long Island and you see one of the most beautiful structured defensive zone coverage, neutral zone coverage, even their offensive zone defensive play is great. There's always a guy in the dead space there's always a guy getting to the puck. There's there's rotation. There there's everything. They shut down everything. They don't let you breathe. They suffocate you. And I mean, obviously, this is a bit classic Barry Trotz, just you know, coming in here and making the Islanders a relevant team and a team that can go far. Because man, oh man, I mean, now they got some punch with uh, you know some of their guys up front, and it's just been they're. 
they're an annoying team and a, a fun team to watch. And it really disgusts me that I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, man. So, you know, they're, they're one of the oldest teams in the national hockey league. So they definitely have experience. Uh, they know they take orders. Well, you know, Barry is one of maybe the best coach in the league. You know, I mean, you look his, his track record speaks for itself. The fact that everyone loves him speaks for itself, that mm-hmm. he can motivate players to do things they might not want to do because, and it gets results. And, you know, I have my own issues about, because yes, the Islanders lack, uh, they lack firepower and they're not, you know, they have a lot of good journeyman players, but they're just not, yeah, overall. I mean, if you look at the construction versus some of the, the other contenders and you're just like, yeah, but, uh, I've, I'll be damned if they all don't pull the rope in the same direction. And that's all it's about. Really. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to get to the same place. Let's all do it together. And it's difficult because they just don't break their structure and you make one mistake and they do, you know, an, an Eberly or a Barzell or, you know, now Pajo, who's been good for them. They'll, they'll, they'll exploit, they'll exploit those holes. You know what I mean? They'll, they can burn you on a counterattack. They, they can make, put the puck in the net if they need to. So, yeah, maybe they're not the most high-powered team, but they're doing everything they need to do to win. And like you said, as a Rangers fan, I it's infuriating to admit that, but yeah, good, you know, they're doing what they have to do. You know, you hope, I think with the issue with them will be they need to get, uh, they need to get this done, you know, soon because they're one of the older, they're one of the oldest teams in the league. And, you know, the second Aledi starts losing some foot, speed or you know Komarov just is you can't shell them wheel them out there the more you're going to bring young guys in and getting them to really to to be relied on defensively to to not break system is tough you know what I mean but for right now they're doing exactly what they need to do and uh yeah it pains me but you know Barry's an excellent coach and if there's one thing the Rangers can take from them is that when you have your structure but you also have uh, firepower, then it can, and you know, that you look at, I do wonder if Barry can, can this team can go all the way just because by him getting Ovechkin and Backstrom and co to, to buy into that, they would win the war of attrition against the, you know, a, uh, the golden Knights team a few years ago, but then they also had the firepower to put the puck in the net, you know, against one of the better teams in the league. So we'll see. I, you know, I, I have my doubts, but at the same time, it's like, they've been making doubters of a lot of people. And it kills. It pains me to say that as a Rangers fan, but as a hockey fan, you have to you have to give them props and admiration for that. Yeah, and and there again, this is a good matchup for them. I think this certainly plays into their 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 hand. Uh, you know, obviously, listen, anything can happen. It's the playoffs. They fell down three nothing, and you saw what they were capable of doing within, you know, the second half of that game, and and especially the third period where, you know. They, they are so difficult to play against. They are they, they trap you into your own zone. They trap you in the neutral zone. And even in the defensive zone, they keep things around the perimeter and they eventually just wait for you to make a mistake. And, and you're not going to get those, you know, that first opportunity. You know, you're not going to get that second one, third one against the Islanders. So you got to make them count the first time around. And, you know, again, uh, we'll keep this brief because it's the Islanders, but you know, uh, you know, there's something sweet about AV, you know, being exposed after I told all the Flyers fans that, you know, this is exactly what would happen, but it's, I hear that of the Islanders. So 
Yeah. Just very typical for us. Well, if the the Islanders actually going, if they make it, that helps our first round, uh, our second of our first round picks. So, you know, I hate to say it, but it might be what's best for the Rangers. Yeah. But um, so, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, obviously you see what the Rangers uh, have to look forward to and and it's fun to see them learn and grow and 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 create their own identity. And, you know, hopefully uh, next few seasons we won't be discussing other teams, you know, in the playoffs will be, you know, covering our own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I think, one of the nice thing that's been about being a Rangers fan the last few years is that you've they've, you've kind of been dreaming about what they will be and just seeing new pieces come in, you know, especially with the addition of the first overall pick. Man, you know, they're they're trending in, in the right direction. But at the same time, it's as we've spent all this podcast talking about it you know it's one thing to have the pieces but how are you using them and what direction are you pushing and that might be even more important you know and sometimes it takes time to figure that out so but uh that's why the more time goes that maybe that embarrassment by carolina you know maybe it is a good thing because it it shows you you know you look at some of the ways some of these teams have rebounded after tough times whether it's tampa getting swept by Columbus last year, whether it's the Avalanche, young Avalanche players having the worst statistical season, you know, in the league, in the history of the league, you know, the Islanders years of being mediocre or the Flyers never being able to get over the hump. And yeah, I think it's just important because it shows you what you need to be doing. So yeah, hopefully the Rangers take their lesson from that and they take a lesson from watching all these teams and how they're, what they're doing to be successful and they can implement it going forward because uh, at the end of the day, yeah, playoffs is the goal, and uh, you you don't you don't just want to get in. I'll steal a line from uh, Major League: win the whole fucking thing. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.